Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, your little bite-sized preview chunk that we like to bring out with you as a free show um, previewing the weekend's games and, uh, well, uh, you know, just a small matter uh, of the first old fun game of the season coming up on Saturday afternoon. This is the first free show that we have done um, since the international break and it required a stellar cast, I think it's fair to say, um, and... If I am going to be uh, the Scorsese of this production, then I needed some some proper acting heavyweights in terms of a De Niro or a Pacino, and I've thankfully got both. Uh, the first one joining us is the ever-lovely and fantastic co-host of our Patreon show, Blue Scarves On, Miss Caroline Morrison. Caroline, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Cammy. Good evening. Always happy to talk Rangers in the lead-up to an old firm game. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and complementing that talent level, um, is it ever superb, Mr James Tessie? Tess, how are you this evening, my friend? I'm very well, thanks, friends. I'll kick off just by asking you, because I'm keen to know, and I'm hoping that it goes up at least one by the time that we're finished the pod. Caroline, uh, 0 to 10, where's your battle fever at? It's a solid 8, to be honest. I, I would say I've been listening to far more kind of videos, watching old matches, you know what like everyone does in the lead up to games. I've kind of, you know, been building up to more and more of those each day. So I'm a solid eight out of ten right now. And Tess is is the uh convener of the, the Ted McMinn Loyal down in Derby. I know that you guys are preparing for a big event um as best we can within current COVID restrictions of course. So I know you've got a lot on your plate getting ready for, for Saturday's game and stuff. Where's your battle fever at? Are you relaxing so that you can start to get uh, all hot and bothered or are you still kind of focused on all your responsibilities? At the moment I'd put it at about a six because like I say I've I've got a lot of things to sort out, which I don't mind doing. It's a labour of love. But uh, come tomorrow, when I sit down, 
and I catch up on all my me, me Rangers TV videos and then I go onto YouTube, then, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be hitting a 10 by the time I go to bed on Friday night. So I did put a, a, a tweet yesterday saying that you can tell that we're already in the space now, or I am at least, of getting ready for Saturday's games because you fall into a rabbit hole of watching old, old fun games on YouTube and then you just start watching them or you watch some of the ones in terms of the catch-ups on Sky. So, Caroline, I think, uh, you know, if you're anything like me, it's it's you can tell it's starting to build. Do you know what I mean? You can feel it simmering. And you just know, as an old firm fan, it just gets worse and worse until kick-off. Yeah, absolutely. And it never gets old. This whole lead-up to an old firm game is the same. And you kind of could watch the same video ten times. Um, but it just doesn't get old. It's part of that passion and... You know, it's how to deal with your nervous anxiety as well, because we've all got it. We've all got that butterfly feeling leading up to the weekend. So anything to distract yourself and yeah, start to build the battle fever is welcome. And, uh, and Tess, I think one thing we need to point out as well before we start getting into some of the details is the other reason as to why we're getting so excited for it is because, you know, outside of, of the banter years and getting back into the top flight, it's been a hell of a long time for us to have to wait for an old fun game. We were, you know, so close to it in March, um, albeit probably at that time in terms of where we were form-wise, we, you know, we probably weren't that confident getting into it. Uh, but you go through that roller coaster of emotion as you prepare for an old fun game that form doesn't mean anything. Current status doesn't mean anything. You just want to get into the game and you just want to get involved into the 90 minutes, which when you're actually in them feel like about five hours. But we didn't have that game in March because we went into the COVID restrictions and lockdown football just went on a complete hiatus. Um, and despite uh, Celtic, sorry, the SPFL's best intention for the random fixtures to come out, uh, we have an, had an abnormally long delay from the season starting to the first old fun game in order to make sure fans were back in the ground. Um, but now we're here, now we've got it, but it has been a hell of a wait. It has, mate. It was um, the, the way the 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 Ibrox one for last season was scheduled was that was due to be on the Sunday, and it was on the Friday, well, the Friday morning, Friday afternoon that we found out that that was off. So everybody knew it was going to be off, but obviously it being confirmed so close to kickoff, it was you know it was a real letdown. Um, you know, as, as we all know, that the first old firm of this season should have been tail end of um, August. Well, the, the 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 first match before the international break in September. But if it's a combination of the the authorities and Sky wanting to put it back, so it looks better with a crowd in there. Celtic wanting to get it put back so they can get an advantage having their fans in there, and absolutely none of ours. You know, obviously because it's been pushed back till October, you look at a ten month wait, and like you say, due to the I hate saying banter years because I didn't find it very funny, but due, 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 due to the years that we, we had our enforced absence, obviously we had to wait a few, uh, quite a while for an old firm then, but you know we, we knew that was because the league we was in. It, it didn't really seem like a thing, but because of the way that this one's been put back and the last one was cancelled, mate, people just can't wait for it. No, absolutely. And listen, I think you know we're kind of at that point now where we... We know that it's kind of coming up. We know that it's there as well. So um, you mentioned there, obviously, international break. Can't go without it. And for anyone listening who um, has got a vested interest in the international break in Scotland in particular, uh, sorry, Tess, I won't rub your face in it with Harry Maguire, but Scotland fans, I think, have got a little bit of something to celebrate. So well done to the national team in terms of how you've kind of got onto it. Um, I could very easily take a leave international football, Caroline, 
Um, the main focus for me is that everybody involved in international games from a Rangers perspective comes back fit and healthy. Now, at time of recording, uh, we're coming to you uh, just late on uh, uh, Thursday night and uh, the press conference is scheduled. The, the, the Celtic preview game is going to be uh, tomorrow morning at nine. So we don't have any injury updates or anything, unfortunately. Uh, however, we haven't had any rumours or anything circulating uh, that anyone is coming back with a knock or, or any kind of difficulties. Thankfully, uh, nothing in terms of any COVID circumstances. Um, that could all change by this time tomorrow, of course, uh, when we get the update from the club. Um, but Caroline, most important thing, I, I mean, I don't know if you share this opinion or not, but most important thing for me is that whilst I'm glad that these guys get to go out and, and represent their respective countries, I want them back healthy. I want them back fit and I don't want them, you know, burnt out. And part of the success, as we know, in terms of uh, how well Rangers are doing and the uh, talent that we're attracting is that we're going to have guys go out on international duty. It's just simply going to happen. So hopefully, Touchwood, everyone has come back safe and well and, and fit and ready to go. Yeah, personally, I, I'm the same as you, Cammy. I've fallen out of love a little bit with the national team. Um and it's, it's not as much of an appeal to me as it was. Even in, in normal circumstances, COVID aside, players going off on international duty is something which makes you nervous as a, a kind of a club fan, if you like, uh, because, you know, the potential for having one of your, your best players out um, on an injury they've picked up on international duty doesn't bear thinking about, especially now throwing into the mix COVID and all of the extra complexities that brings and also the fact that this season we've kind of spoken about it before but the margins are going to be extremely fine between having a successful season and not and it could be come this weekend things as they stand right now look like Celtic will miss a few players and, and hopefully we'll have most of our squad available so it could be something as as small as that that will have an impact later down the season if we have a full squad to choose from and things go well at the weekend. So, yeah, it's interesting. Hopefully, like you say, tomorrow morning we'll get confirmation of what we believe is the case right now and all players who are out on international duty um, have come back injury-free. Tess, Caroline makes a great point there, I think, in terms of, of, of we can't not talk about how COVID has impacted Celtics players, whether it's been because of the international call-ups and then mixing with other players or, or however it's going to come about. I think it's it's part of our world at the moment in terms of, of what's happened. And if we go into this game with no COVID impact, I think we've been exceptionally lucky. But I also feel there's a degree of inevitability that at some point it will happen to us as well. So, and I do mean this sincerely, I, I want to make sure that if any Celtic players who have tested positive with it or are, are, are isolating because of a potential risk to it, Genuinely hope they get past it. I really do. Let's not, you know, move into certain levels of subhumanity. There is clearly going to be an advantage to us if they have key players who are missing um, or haven't trained. The Duard um, can come back, may be available, but he will be coming out almost immediately out of isolation. That does not uh, really give him any opportunity to train properly, to, to play in games, etc. So he's he's certainly been a key miss. There will be other players who absolutely will miss because they're already in isolation. Um, there's a part of me that thinks, well, that's good because it's an advantage. I'm not really keen on how we obtain that advantage. But then also think back to, we've had teams in the 90s that were riddled with flu. We've had suspensions, we've had various other things that have kind of caused major problems to us. And I think 
if we are going to try and get the games played and we're going to maintain the footballing season, this is swings and roundabouts, isn't it? It is, mate. But if you'd have asked, if you'd have said to me, which three players would you like to see missing from Celtic starting lineup on Saturday? I'd have said Edward, Forrest, and Christie because I think those are the those are the three who've got, who've got the, um, the the skills and the talent to hurt us now. Obviously, Forrest is out injured. Um, Edward may or may not play. The chances are he won't start. And Ryan Christie's isolating. So, well, 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 so I echo what you said about wanting them to get well soon. I think from our point of view, it, it's it's a good thing that they're not starting. And again, if Edward does, he's, he's not going to be fit. But also, we have been very lucky because as things stand, we're coming into this of Ryan Jack and Kamara coming off the back of uh, Man of the Match performances. It could very easily have been the case that we're not missing them players altogether because they've, they've contracted COVID. So we've, we, we have been very, very lucky this time. But there's absolutely nothing to say that the next international break, it won't be us, we're decimated. So we just need to make the most of it while we can. Um, and just not, you know, not, not, not make any excuses for it. It is going to be a factor. You know, they aren't going to be at their full strength. So we've just got to make sure we go out there and do the business. And, and Caroline Tess makes a brilliant point. So this is why I have the two of you on here, because we just talk about great things and, and you segue into each other so beautifully. Uh, Ryan Jack did come back from a man of the match performance. Um, Glenn Kamara was able to to beat Ireland himself. Um, Alfie has appeared for for Colombia. We knew that he got a little bit of stick from the the South American press in terms of his inclusion, but he was involved regardless. Stephen Davis uh, has has now achieved the wonderful uh, cap record that he has got as well. Um, so we've had players who have been out, and I'm hoping that what we'll have is guys who have come back. Uh, energised. Of course, we know that there's a fatigue element. You know, we want to be able to get players back who are, you know, as well rested as they can be. But this is a international break that's had three games in it. The majority of the players I've just mentioned have played at least some, if not a lot, of those games. My hope is that they're going to come back in a bit of a high, and Ryan Jack certainly should, in my opinion. Um, but it also does lend the question of if these guys are coming back, do they then inject that enthusiasm coming back into it, and hopefully that case of that wave carries them into the old firm game. Yeah, and do you know, I think there's been a, a pretty good balance struck between how much game time these kind of key players have played. So Davis, for example, we know that he featured in, in all three games, but the, the one last night, he just kind of came on for the, the final few minutes. So in terms of preparation for the weekend, that's almost ideal for us. Um, but for a player that's a bit younger, like a Kamara, and also for Jack, um, you know, for them being able to play real pivotal roles in what were good results for both sides, you've got to think, like you say, is going to be invigorating for them and will give them some much needed, you know, confidence, and an air of arrogance almost going into the weekend. That's what we want to see and that's what we want them to, to bring to the squad come the weekend. It's going to be a difficult choice, though, and we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about it in more detail with players in good form and with players playing so well on the international front. That midfield three, if you like, that 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 David um, that Gerard's going to need to decide upon is it's quite a difficult decision. But it's it's so far from what we know. Like you say, the caveat that tomorrow morning will will tell us for certain uh, what the squad looks like. It seems as though we've had a nice balance of, of players performing well and coming back, hopefully injury-free from, from that international break. So it's 
for, for something that none of us really want uh, in the current times, players to be travelling and potentially mixing with, with other people that could be COVID positive, um, it could turn out not too bad for us at all. And, and Tess, I think, you know, as well as what we've discussed with regards our current information that we know around injuries, there was conversations about Borna Barisic uh, didn't get um, selected uh, for his international games because he was carrying a bit of a knock, but appears to be fit. So hopefully that's what the manager tells us tomorrow. Joe Rebo, we hope, um, is getting back to kind of full fitness, but he's had a long-term layout. Kamar Roof um, had to put up in his social media feed uh, some teaser pics of him back on with boots on, which suggests he's back out doing some training. And, of course, we've got Zungu, who we've, we've signed during the, the international break and, and has yet to make his Rangers debut. What's your kind of feeling at the moment in terms of, would you rather go with, a, with a, as Caroline said, they're a kind of midfield three of guys who we know have... Uh, already had some international games. Would you drop anyone else in? Would you bring Aribo back from from that injury layout? How would you how would you play it at the moment? Even though it's going to lack the intensity of a normal old firm, because there aren't sixty thousand fans there screaming every time um, someone goes near the ball, it, it's still going to be a pretty full on fixture. So I, I think it'd be very foolish indeed to put in somebody who's short of match fitness. Uh, having them on the bench would be a possibility, but then you've got the thought that, well, if, if they're fit enough to be on the bench, they should be fit enough to start. And clearly, uh, Roof and Arebo in particular won't be. So I, I don't know if we should be risking them because if we were to have to bring them on for any reason and Celtic targeted them, then, you know, that, that, that's bad for us on the day and bad for them in the long term. So, on, on, you know, they, they aren't match fit, so they don't make the squad for me. Uh, regarding the midfield three, uh, I, I personally would have uh, Davis has got to start. Uh, I'd have Arfield in there because he's hurt them before and he's in very good form. And then it's a toss-up between Jack and Kamara. And I would be leaning towards Kamara because I think he gives us that wee bit more control. But again, uh, Ryan Jack, he had a fantastic game for Scotland um, against Czech Republic. He had a very good game for Scotland against Israel. So he's coming into it in good form. So it's it, it's a nice selection headache to have. Um picking that midfield, well, essentially three from four. But the lads coming back from injury, I, I wouldn't be rushing them in for this game. And and Caroline, if, um, that's, uh, if Tess is Gary McAllister and you're Stephen Gerrard and he's picked your midfield, who would you pick for the front three? Um, yeah, and, and to Tess's point, I think it is, it's a difficult decision to, to make between Jack and Kamara. I might just actually shade Jack to, to slightly disagree with test there but it's it's a difficult one to call in terms of the front three um Morelos I think for me and it's, it's a difficult one Morelos we know is a bit of an enigma in these games you know he's often played well without that end result um he's had some nightmare games too uh but importantly I think he draws focus away from other players and other players for us right now who are offering a real attacking threat uh, threat Kent in particular. So Morelos on the pitch for me, I think, is a plus point. Um, on the other hand, if you give him space, he's more than capable of punishing them. So it would be nice if he finally kind of put to bed the, the no goals against them um, thing that's that's obviously on his back. Uh, Kent's a no-brainer uh, for me. He's just on fire at the moment. And then I'd probably lean towards Hadji and it's a difficult one again I wrestled with this thought but 
I think at least to start Hadji um, and see what he can give you early doors. I think with the pace of Kent and Hadji being able to just pick that really clever bit of play, a sublime pass, and also have Arfield, um, I think that that could that could work well. Tess, do you agree with your your manager there? Would you go with those those same front three or? Does Brandon Barker have a shout? Does uh, Jordan Jones come back in from his old firm exodus, having made quite a bit of an arse of it the, the last time he kind of came out? Or would you feel that front three's pretty capable of being able to try and do it? Alfie, and I think Caroline's totally right, there is this thing around Alfie in terms of being able to try and score it. But I just think if he, if, see if he gets a goal and that monkey comes off his back, and I, I hate talking about it because... It just feels as if that's just a stick to beat them with. Which, let's face it, right, the Scottish press are more than happy to do. Because if it's not that, it'll be something else. We know some of the more xenophobic leanings that, that they've certainly had against them. But watching Alfie at Parkhead scoring and his face and reaction for me would be phenomenal. Or do we then maybe say, well, if you know Kamal Roof is available, does he present us with a different option? What would you be inclined to go with? Kent's got to start because he has been, without a doubt, even including Tav's recent form, Kent has been the best player in Scotland this season for me. Uh, Hadji has got to start because he's a moments player. And as we all know, sometimes in an old firm, you need a special moment to win it if it's going to be tight. And as the as the focal point of the attack, I would go for Alfie because Roof isn't going to be fit. Defoe isn't match fit, although he's a good option off the bench. In Itton, we've not seen him lead the line for us yet, and I don't think the place for him to learn how to do that would be at Parkhead. So as long as Alfie's come back from his international duty, sharp, fit, and with no injuries, he he, he gets the nod as the as the number nine for me. If Jordan Jones comes back with a better haircut, does that change your thinking? <laughs> Jordan Jones has got a haircut you can set your watch bar, mate. Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. Brandon Barker, I'm I'm confusing the two. Uh, Yeah, Brandon Barker, if he comes back with a better haircut, do you think uh, he merits a place? I don't, mate, no. I've not not seen enough from him in the really big matches to show that he deserves a start in an old firm. Again, coming off the bench is a good option. But for me, uh, my my belief and my faith in Kent, Hadji Morales is unshakable. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree with that. I think absolutely a fair point. We'd totally go with that as well. Um, and as you say, with Hadji being there and being that, that kind of moments player, as you say, I think he, he provides a killer pass that can unlock it. Um, his assists are certainly racking up and stuff as well. And say this with baseball in the world, he's got the calibre and the talent to be able to try and, and really uh, cause Celtic some serious damage. Now, although this is an Angels podcast, we... we Cannot ignore what has been some very interesting uh, commentary, some diatribe themes coming out of the Chamber of Secrets over the last uh, few weeks, Um, especially around a couple of things, all COVID-related. And I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. So um, for a number of weeks, even prior to the international break, Celtic, via either their management or their playing staff, have quoted around, you know, they should be able to get fans back to games. We want fans back to games. I think uh, the more cynical among us would say that uh, the reason as to why this old firm game has been pushed back to probably its um, latest possible date is because the hope was to be able to get fans back in. We've done test events, we know that's not possible. However, Celtic still don't seem to understand as to why this isn't possible because even as recently as yesterday, Tess, 
they came out with another comment saying fans would like to come back to games. And other news, sun hot, water wet, dogs like biscuits. But you've also got to understand here, they clearly think that there is an advantage to be had with fans in the ground. So going on the assumption that we probably won't even get fans back into the ground by the time that we play the return leg at Ibrox, we've just got to run with it. Do you think it's going to be a leveller tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, I beg your pardon, uh, Saturday. It's going to be an interesting one because there is absolutely no precedent for this whatsoever. And I, I don't really do... Um coincidences and, and, and stuff like that. But I think the only other old firm I can think of, which was without precedent, was the, the Scottish Cup semi-final when we took them on as a lower league club and we ended up winning that one. So hopefully, you know, this is another completely unique fixture. Hopefully we can, we can draw strength from that and turn them over in that one as well. If it's going to be a leveller or not, yeah, you'd like to think so because obviously the crowd do make a difference, especially now with them... Um, in recent times, when the the way allocations have been so small, you know the crowd do make a huge difference. And normally, well, I say normally, one thing you could level at our players is that they don't really cope with the pressure so well. Well, at Parkhead, that's a wee bit different because obviously the last time the last old firm fixture, you know, was at Parkhead and we won it with only nine, eight, nine hundred of our supporters there. So I don't know if that would have been a factor or not to, or tomorrow on on Saturday, but it. <laughs> It's hard to say what the effect is going to be because it is completely without precedent. I just hope that, you know, our our players are just ready for whatever, basically, that they're fully prepared and drilled for every eventuality and just go out there and do the business for us. Caroline, I, I think it's, as Tess says, no one's ever played in this before. So, you know, all fun games and the build-up to them, as I mentioned beforehand, it's always difficult. Form tends to get out the window. Consistency tends to get out the window. We've got all of these COVID impacts. I mean, we could turn around and, you know, James mentioned earlier that he uh, he's glad of those players who are missing out. I, I'm kind of the point of the sceptic in me, the, the, the kind of pessimist in me turns around and says, well, you know, we could maybe go a bit soft if we think that we've already got an advantage. It could be a potential banana skin. But I do believe, you know, playing them at an empty parkhead I think will be an advantage for us and we've done well at home when we've played some pretty you know big games in terms of you know games that have been important to us within you know the, the domestic fixtures but when even when you, you think about you know games like Galatasaray th these aren't mugs we're not playing against you know bottom tier teams what have you so I think that we we get through this game against them at, at parkhead and I'm comfortable that, you know, when we come to the end of the year and we have to play them at Ibrox, we'll be far better. But does this put out a statement if we beat them on Saturday? Does this put out a bit of a precedent for, you know, you're going to have to really work to get this league off of us and probably more so than you've done um, for the last eight, nine years? Uh, so, so yes and no. I am a big believer that setting that kind of marker if you like um early on in the season does absolutely pay dividends and i think when we when we kind of reflect back on the league cup final last year and being so dominant and being in a position where i've, I've really seen such a one-sided game but not quite being able to grind out the result that we want um and going on to eventually lose the game that i think definitely put a seed of doubt in the minds of our players about you know what was within the kind of the possibilities of, of what we could achieve so I think for us 
given where we've come from and what we are, are striving to achieve and, and where we're moving towards, it's vitally important that we get small gains like this and we produce a good account of ourselves in the first uh, Old Firm game of the season. And like you say, ultimately, it may or may not have uh, a kind of a say in what happens come the end of the season. But I do think it will, for our players especially, play into the mentality and belief that we will carry forward uh, over the next few months, which is huge for us. Now, the other thing that I also want to talk about just really briefly is that since uh, COVID hasn't been able to, to put the game off to us, uh, since the announcement of John Beaton as uh, Saturday's referee, uh, we've seen some uh, some dialogue coming out from um, our friends in the East End regarding uh, John Beaton's capability, which really does echo back to 2018, where for the first day, day and a half, two days after uh, our 1-0 win, John Beaton seemed to have a pretty good game, which no one cared about. And then the PR machine started and uh, it got ridiculous in terms of what's happened with it. Now, this has come from uh, some um, some connections within the Celtic Supporters Association um, and Frank McAvenny, who is always handy for being able to try and stay relevant outside of uh, the New Year episodes of uh, Only an Excuse has said that uh, John Beaton is not very well liked by the Celtic side of Glasgow. I hope I'm wrong, I really do. I hope he stands up because he's a good referee, but in the past he has been known to make a couple of gaffes when it comes to Celtic. I'm just hoping there were just mistakes. Put it this way, I really hope next week we are not talking about the referee's performance. I hope it's about football. Now, I can totally understand from Celtic's perspective why they get some of their useful idiots to come out and make comments like this for no other reason than, you know, when they scored an offside goal in the League Cup final that Caroline just mentioned. We uh, we mentioned, obviously, the 2-1 game um, at Parkhead uh, at the turn of the year where they scored the goal from a handball and a penalty, which in the reverse circumstances... Celtic were given, Rangers were not. Alfredo Morelos being sent off in the fifth minute of four minutes worth of injury time. You, you can understand as to why they feel that there's certainly a, a pressure um, against them because they've not had it their own way. I mean, they've not had the benefits of all of these decisions. Uh, but yet here they are, quite happy to come out to criticise referees uh, doing so publicly. And Celtic can obviously say, well, this has nothing to do with us. But I think if you read between the lines, you can probably see the hand that's feeding them. Luckily for us, Frank the Wank's got absolutely zero credibility, so he can say whatever he wants and nobody's going to listen. It's no surprise that their cheerleaders and useful idiots in the media are starting to pipe up. So what we've got to do is we've got to ignore the things that we can't control so we, you know, we can't control the narrative that's being set. We, you know, we just, we just can't. We've not got that kind of sway in the media anymore. Um, we can't control if Beaton is going to be affected by these comments or not, and we can't control what the press are going to say after the match. What, what we, what, what we can do is make sure that the referee's performance does have, has no bearing on our ability to go out there and win. So, for example, if they get a dodgy penalty and we've scored three goals, who cares? Do you know what I mean? We've we've got to go out there. We've got to say, yes, that may well be a factor, but we can't do anything about it. So just make sure we're absolutely on our game and that any advantage that they may get by putting pressure on the referee is completely negated by the performance at Rangers turning. Caroline, um, obviously Celtic have never been beaten fairly, so you can kind of understand as to why <laughs> they, they, they will come out with some of this. 
commentary and the run up to it and stuff as well. Personally, I think it's disgusting because it's quite clearly designed to to put pressure on him. Would you see, as Tay says there, do we do we put that to one side and just simply ignore it? Or do we maybe play a little bit of the dark arts ourselves in terms of making sure that, you know, if the referee gives a decision, we've got someone there questioning them. I think that personally speaking, when I think about some of the things that have happened, I think about the Alfredo Morelos tackle where he's left with a hole the size of the Clyde Tunnel on his knee. There wasn't a lot of, of pressure from our players other than Borna Barisic to, to have anything. Now, that was an incident where we didn't even get a free kick. So do we need to then put a little bit of our own pressure on the referee if something's given one way or the other, do we then need to not necessarily play the nice guys and, and maybe kind of get a little bit more uh, forthright in our views if we feel that he's made a mistake or do we just simply take care of our business and leave them to the uh, the, the whining? Yeah, do you know what? I think there's some of our players that absolutely cannot get away with the whining and we know who they are and we know that there are Many is a referee that can't wait for the opportunity to book some of our players, so it would seem. But I do think we can strike a bit of a balance here and your more level-headed players and certainly your captain in Tav can, you know, have legitimate reason to go up and, you know, challenge and discuss with the referee if something happens, which is, is completely, you know, um, unfair. But I think for the most part, you know, like Tess says, if we focus on our game and we just keep the heads, it, it should pay more dividends than trying to to kind of, like you say, um, worry about noising up the referee or putting pressure on him or whatever. I think really concentrating on our game is the best approach we can take. Yep, I think we've got more than enough in, in terms of being able to try and take care of business with the talent and the squad that we've got. I don't care about who they have missing, even if they had a full-strength team, there's a part of me that thinks that we can absolutely go and take it to them because we've done it before. Um, and I think that we've got enough confidence with how well we've started the season. Um, defensively, uh, we've looked solid. Uh, we've qualified for the group stages in Europe again. Um, and as I say, we think we just have to to, to continue on that, that momentum and hopefully the players who have done so well during the international break and come back uh, so strongly. Um, take that into to Saturday afternoon's game. Okay, well, listen, that's just about us. Um, before I let my guests go, um, I need to get a prediction, and I hate doing this to you both because it's the old fun game. Um, Caroline, what do you think the score will be? And if you want to go even further, if you think that we're going to score, who will do the business for us? So, without giving any spoilers to other shows which will be coming out over the, the weekend on the network, I was considering this week my kind of favourite and least favourite old firm games so I'm going to pick the same scoreline as one of my favourites and say that we will win 2-0 fairly comfortably and if you were to ask me for scorers right now I would say Arfield and Morelos. Arfield Morelos okay I will accept that Tess what's your what's your uh, prediction? The other half of the old firm nil Rangers three uh, I fancy Kent to score because he's Burlington he hates them uh, Tav or Arfield I think will pop up with one of the two and I think that it's written that Alfie's going to score as well and it's going to be the, 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 the dodgiest of offside fluky goals ever but just he's, he's going he's gonna to get that bunk off his back he's, he's finally going to score against them he's going to shut them up and when, when he turns around and he beams that beautiful smile to the cameras mate our hearts are going to melt and it's going to be absolutely rapturous the only thing that would make an Alfredo Morelos goal 
better would be that it was scored in some sort of foul or offside position, in my opinion. I think that would be absolutely brilliant, just to rub salt in the wind. Uh, yes, I, I'm hoping for a Rangers win. I'll go... I'll go with 3-0, but what I will caveat that by saying, because I do hope that Manelo scores, I do think, as Tess says, Kent will try and score against them because he absolutely despises them, and thank you, Ryan, for that, because you are one of us. Um, and I'll maybe go for Tav, maybe if we get a penalty, something like that, we'll take it from there. What I will say, however, is that if we score a goal, uh, and we're lucky enough to do so within the first 15 minutes, I want a route. I don't care how many of their squad are ravaged by COVID or injuries or whatever. If we put one by them, I, I want 10 or 12. Is that unreasonable, Caroline, do you think? Or, or am I just shooting for the moon? Never. No, we're in the kind of pre-old firm hubris stage and we've got the battle fever on, like you say. I was an eight at the start of the call. I think I'm nearer a nine now, so... To be honest, yeah, we, we've spoken on the, the pods on the network before that we are due when things come together and the stars align, we're due to give someone a hiding. So there's every possibility that'll be this weekend. Perfect. Tess, are you still a six, my friend, or have I, had, have I managed to be able to move you? I am using my protestant morals to keep grounded at a six at the moment but like i say tomorrow tomorrow evening i'm going to be up to 10 saturday morning i'm going to be at 11 okay well that's fair enough i think that's that that's to be adjusted i look forward to, to hearing some of the the comments coming out uh when we we talk about hopefully a rangers win uh, around the back at 2 uh, 2 30 p.m on saturday afternoon um Thank you to you both. Um, it's, it's been wonderful to talk to you again. We're getting back into the, the swing of proper football again. Um, before I let you go, um, Caroline mentioned there, um, if you enjoyed what you were hearing uh, tonight, please come and join us on our uh, Patreon network, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Uh, you'll hear daily shows with such uh, fantastic content, as Caroline mentioned, about best and worst old firms. Um, so I take it you are across this weekend, are you, Caroline? Yes, yeah, I'll be making a, a short cameo at some point this weekend for exactly that reason. Well, if you want to listen to that, then all you need to do is come and join nearly 5,000 other uh, fanatical bears uh, on our Patreon site and uh, you'll be able to get your fill daily of all things Rangers, including daily updates, six of the best, we've got best and worse, uh, old firm encounters, watch-alongs, you name it, it's on there. Um Thank you very much to my guest, uh, Mr. James Tessie. Tess, thank you for this. I know that, as I say, you are busy and it's uh, your time is very much appreciated. It's a labour of love, like I say, mate. If, if, if I can come on here, spread a bit of joy and talk about the Rangers, then that, that's just perfect. So thank you very much for having me. And the ever-magnificent and lovely Miss Caroline Morrison. Yes, thanks, Cammy. As I say, that's given me even more reason to be excited for the weekend. Um, our thanks to our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee, Mr Paul Myers as I say please check us out on patreon.com forward slash heart and hand if you'd like to do that also with some other news as well our extra shows will continue um, across the course of the weeks even during European games we've normally stopped them on a Thursday because uh, we only have the flagship out on a Monday however we will continue to bring you them um, on a Friday now uh, to cover the European game the night before and preview of the weekend's upcoming games so we look forward to speaking to you more um, it's much appreciated uh, however you happen to be watching the Old Firm game this weekend, please ensure you stay safe, please ensure you stay legal, um, but enjoy yourselves and let's uh, look forward to three points and a good Celtic hammering. Thanks everyone and speak to you soon.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.